wacko head. He has a beard. He has glasses on. He watches TV. My dad watches Price is Right, and I do not like it at all. He gets down to business. He works out the jail, drinks a lot of coffee. He fixes houses. He takes pictures. He gives people medicine. I have no idea. He tries to sing. Not very good. Don't tell him I said that. Every morning when we pull out of the driveway, he zooms back real fast and does a donut. I try to teach him blues, but it's a little too hard for him. He tries to joke about stuff, but it does, it's not really funny. He toots a lot. He can lift me up even though I'm very heavy. Really, really strong. He tickles me so hard that I cry. <laughs> he talks silly. And he's really crazy. He's a pretty good cook. It turns out really delicious. Sorry, Mom, but he cooks a lot better than my mom. Please catch with me. My favorite thing to do with my dad in the world is play basketball. Candyland. Stay up late with him and play video games. I love that he lets me play on his iPad. Play golf. I like to wrestle with my dad. I like going hiking with him. We get to spend a lot of time outdoors together. He tackles me. And usually he gets me candy. I love spending time with my dad. He's always um, trying to get me to do what he thinks is best for me, and he just cares a lot about me. I'm safe with him. If I get scared... Um, I go to him and he helps me. He's been doing martial arts for a long time, so I know that he'll protect me. I feel like he always is there for me whenever I need him. He's kind and sweet. His heart is really big like this one. When we're running out of time or something, he's always like, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry about it. I can always count on him to help me with stuff. He just makes me feel safe. My dad is a sidekick. He's the best. Ah, uh, he's a really nice guy. I wouldn't like any other dad better than him. Like, the best dad I ever had. Yeah, he's like my best friend. It's great, isn't it? Shouldn't we be able to say all those things about our Father in Heaven? It's great, isn't it? So, Father's Day... We just wanted to talk a little bit about dads, really. And, um, yeah, I've had a lot of nicknames in my life, and uh, many of them haven't been that, that good, to be honest with you. I've not liked them very much. But uh, the, the fav- my favorite name I've ever been called is Daddy. It's great. And I just want to... Um, so I'm probably going to get a bit emotional today. Sorry about that. Just apologize now. I should have brought up some tissues, really. But um, I just... Sorry. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to have had uh, a fantastic dad, and uh, sorry, I warned you. <laughs> I'll get there in a minute. Do you know, I've been fine writing all this out. It's not been a problem at all. I have been uh, really, really blessed to have had an amazing dad. Um, and apart from being uh, an all-round top bloke, and, and he, he's had, had many, many good characteristics, but uh, the one that really jumped out to me today was his generosity. So, uh, <coughs> sorry, I'll get my voice together in a minute. Um, he was a provider. He really was. And Rod's prayer was, was perfect earlier, really, for, for summing up um, 
the link that I want to make today, really, with, uh, with, with my dad and, and our father in heaven. But um, I, I never lacked as a child. I should just point out as well that it was my mum as well, who was, was a great provider, uh, not just my dad. But, yeah, my dad especially, he, um, he was a great provider. I never, I never lacked as a child. Um, and not that he just gave me everything that I wanted. Um, I like to think I wasn't spoiled, although my, my older sister might disagree with that sometimes. But, uh, um, but I always had everything that I needed. I always had uh, food, clothing, uh, and a warm place to sleep, and, and much, much more than that as well. But above all, I always, always knew I was loved. Uh, so only as I've gotten older, I've realized the real privilege I had as a child. Um, the things that he provided for his family and others was, um, was often at the cost for, for things for himself. Um, and just one small example of, uh, of sort of this sacrificial giving to me is that after working all week, he'd get up every Saturday morning to get me to the swimming pool for 6 a.m. Um, and I, I don't know about anybody else, but now that I'm older, I can I can really appreciate the sacrifice that was on a Saturday morning when you just want to sit in bed with a coffee and a, a well, probably a, a newspaper at the time. I can't say I read newspapers now. Unfortunately, look at this. But um, anyway, sorry, I digress. In uh, in Matthew seven nine to eleven, Jesus says, "Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish?" We'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now my experience um, of an earthly father is uh, of a generous one who gave me everything I needed to live a healthy life, um, often having to sacrifice his own hobbies or wants to provide for his family. But how much more does our heavenly Father provide for us all the things we need? Uh, he, he doesn't just give us all that we want, because that's not always all that good for us, is it? But he knows what we need better than we know ourselves. Just as a child doesn't need all the latest toys and trainers to live a healthy life and to know that they're loved, so God gives us just what we need to live our lives in the best way. Uh, in 2 Peter one. Three, we read, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And a godly life is the, is the life that pleases him. It's a, a life that reflects his characteristics uh, where we seem, seek to become more like him. And more than anything, it's a life that realizes how much we're dependent on him on his provision for us. It's uh, the life that realises how we can't do anything in our own strength, but only because of all that he does for us, the sacrifice he has made to ensure his children are safe and taken care of that we've spoken about and sung about this morning already. He loves it when we call him Father. Because he loves us more than we will ever understand. Much as a child cannot fully comprehend the depth of love held for them by a good parent, we will never fully understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves us. You know, he loves it when we call him our Father. Can we have the next video, please, Mel? My father was uh, a child of his generation. I remember he was around, um, but very absent. He was around 
quite a bit. He worked really, really hard for everything that he had. He died when I was uh, six months old. He was one of those dads that uh, didn't express outwardly in words very much. We never had a close relationship, never did anything together specifically. He did a lot of things right, but we didn't realize that he was always a rock that we could always depend on in our, in our household. Growing up, I don't know, there was like a void in my life. We would just throw the football back and forth. He would teach me how to like throw a spiral. It's one of my fondest memories. He worked almost 80 hours a week for 15 odd years. So I didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time with my dad. I was always craving his approval. Just he's not the most verbal person. He's not the most social person, so. He never said it. Always thinking that, well, because I give you the necessities of life, you should know it by osmosis. Uh, my mother was primarily the one who gave me advice. And I remember actually one night like watching him hit my mom, and that's the last time that I really remember him being around. And when I was 12, I found out that I was the product of an affair. My sense of person and who I was uh, was kind of ripped away from me. I had, I guess, anger issues when I was younger. I never had a father, so I just kind of had to figure stuff out on my own. I didn't realize until recently that was all rooted in my father being absent. So I definitely believe it affected my ability to raise my children in that aspect. When I had children, I really wanted to be a good dad. I don't think anybody has the manual on fatherhood or really what to do. Once I was born, um, I just felt afraid. I worked hard at not disappointing them even though I did. Luckily, I had a very good example to follow, uh, but so many times we get off track and, and we don't follow that example. So I'm actually really excited to have kids so I can fulfill that role. We have a wonderful family where we're really involved and communicate well with each other. The strength lies in being transparent. Be there, uh, be honest, and, and be the type of person you would want your son to grow up to be. It's not always being really great provider but it's really about spending time when you don't feel like doing what they want to do do it anyway be creative and give them a challenge the biggest thing I take away is is being there counts Guys asked me to share for five minutes or so reflections on fatherhood and what that tells us about um, God, so I was really happy to do that. Um, Chris shared from the experience of being a father, then I'm going to share from the experience of being a dad, which I've had the privilege of being for a couple of years now, um, to Sebastian, who's two and a half years old and plays the guitar wonderfully in the band. <laughs> So determined in it, in fact, that when Joe and I tried to move his foot from the cable, he was so he was so focused on his job, it was impossible. So I had to just airlift him away from the cable. Um, and this is Florence, and Florence is nearly 11 months old now. And, uh, excuse me, I might get a bit emotional as well. <laughs> and the thing I wanted to share was the... Um, <laughs> was that my children melt my heart. 
Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should have left her outside. Um, <laughs> and that actually, um, that's how God feels about you and I. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you'd like to turn to Zephaniah 3, <laughs> that's where I'm going to try and speak from. <laughs> It's in, <laughs> I'm kind of glad in some ways that I'm emotional about it because <clears throat> what I wanted to share wasn't, isn't really the words I have to say, but it's the way I feel about my children. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, because it, um, it tells us something about the way that he um, feels about us. <clears throat> so... Uh, Zephaniah 3, uh, verse 17, says this, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Ah, so that's, that's the verse. Um, one of the things that um, was quite hard um, when the kids uh, were born <coughs> was that um, getting home from school became really important. And if you've been a teacher or you are a teacher, you know how difficult it is to walk away from school because your workload's so enormous that you could basically spend 24 hours a day at school and never get the amount of work that you're given done. And there's always something extra can you, you can do. And... Um, yeah, always something extra. Um, and so coming home early um, was quite hard to do, um, but was really important because um, they're really precious times in the day. Uh, I know. Um, <laughs> but that, that two hours when I get home are so precious. Um, Blaine. <laughs> um, just the joy. Um, it's just incredible. Um, <coughs> some of my friends tried to tell me about it before I had a child, and I was like, oh, okay. They were like, it'll really move your heart. And this was from a mate who was pretty emotionally consistent, is a way of putting it. Um, he is not particularly emotional. Well, he, I mean, he obviously is emotional, but he's very good at keeping calm. He said the emotion he felt. His boy is like four now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I imagine it will be fairly emotional. And then when I had, the ch- then when we had children, uh, it was, was incredible. Um, should we try and leave this on, Florence? Is that right? Um, <laughs> That's not going to work, is it? Um, and so uh, getting home in early <laughs> for a couple of hours after school has been really important. And while it's been really hard to try and ignore some of my workload, um, it's actually been really important. This verse says, um, the Lord your God is in your midst. And um, it's really important to be present with your children, isn't it? Um, some of the things that were shared up there. I remember a year seven girl came up to me recently in one of the RE lessons and she said, she, you know, we'd, I don't know how, I think we talked about dads at some point in the lesson. And she said to me, 
uh, that her dad was in the Air Force. Now you're undressing me, Florence. Seriously. Um, her dad was in the Air Force. And I said, oh, oh that's because we talked about jobs that our fathers did. And um, she, she came bounding up to me and I said, oh, that was quite di- difficult if dad's away. And she just, with a beaming smile, went, no, because he gave up the job to look after me. Oh, that broke my heart. Um, I might have to give you away for a minute, Florence. Um, that really broke my heart because lots of the kids at school just don't have dads. It's really hard when you see the effect it has on their um, their self-esteem. Um, just, just the way they are all together, the way they seek comfort and attention from others. It's really hard to watch. Yeah. That girl just made my heart sing the way she talked about her dad. Um, yeah, what else was I going to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that happened to me once uh, Sebi was born was I got time just to sit with him and cuddle him while Jess rested. And I found myself just singing over him. Yeah. I sang the gospel, you know, um, I'm a special song. I sang that over him. And I just found myself um, making up songs and singing them over him. I was going to try and sing one for you now, but... <laughs> a bit of spent, yeah, you can imagine. I to, there's one at the moment when I pop Florence on my lap and it's to the tune of Heartbeat. So, you know, I'm going to go, Florence, Florence Sophia, you are a gorgeous girl. The only reason I do that is because it happens to be a Norwich football chant as well. There's (laughs) there's another one about the football um, that goes, uh, Florence is on a horse, because I'm bouncing her up and down. What a great girl to support. She's got blue eyes and growing some hair, because that's a new thing. She's got curls at the back of her head. She's the greatest daughter in the world. She's growing up. Um, if you're a Norwich fan, you'll, you'll know what that, that song is. It's quite a famous one this season. Um, so pretty much all of them are to football chants. Um, I'm not sure God's singing football chants over us. Um, but this verse is quite clear, and uh, there are a million others that share something similar. But I think it's something, as a church in the UK, we really need to get a hold of is that he will rejoice over you with gladness, quiet you by his love, he will exult over you with loud singing. Um, that that's something that God's doing. And I don't think it's true that always you can say that things about us and the way we parent and the way we are, because we're made in the image of God, necessarily means that's what God is like. But here in Scripture we see it really clearly that the Lord is rejoicing over us with gladness. He's exulting over us with loud singing. There's a song he sings over us um, as a church and as individuals. There's something in his heart that leaps and delights in us um, when we go to him and when we spend time with him. Um, I was reading something about these verses that was quite helpful. said this. Uh, the church is called to rejoice in God because God rejoices in her. She is to shout for joy and sing because God's joy too has a voice 
and breaks out into singing. For every throb of joy in man's heart, there is a wave of gladness in God's. The notes of our praise are at once the echoes and the occasions of his. We are to be glad because he is glad. He is glad because we are so. We sing for joy. He joys over us with singing because we do. I love that picture that Nigel was sharing because there's that waltz, isn't there? The dance going on between um, his dad and him and there's something going on in the heart of God as well with us. As we sing to him, he's singing over us. It's reciprocal. And the same thing is going on. That's part of the very nature of God. God the Father is delighting in his Son. The Son is delighting in the Father. And there's almost like, I'll preach all this at one point, I will do, is almost like a dance going on in the Trinity, in the nature of God, that he's... Uh, there's love in the very being of God. He's not just a lonely, singular being looking for a creation to love. There's already love intimately in himself. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father. And out of their love, out of the dance of God, comes this expression of love, his creation, of which we're the pinnacle made in his image that he delights in um, and sings over. And that's you know what, what children are, is there's a love between Jess and I that's created these children, and we delight in them. And uh, I think they delight in us as well. And um, that's something that's in God's heart. And I think it's really, uh, I wanted to share it because it's a really important aspect of the nature of God that I think's been lost a little bit in kind of church life in Britain. Is that I think it can be difficult because we have different experiences, Dad. I was lucky to have a dad who was loving and affectionate. Um, you know, he would give me a kiss and cuddle me and tell me that I was loved and so on. Um, but it went, you know, a lot of the guys shared that they, they didn't have that, and that'll be some of our experience. And so it's hard sometimes then to understand how God feels about you if you didn't receive that from your earthly father, and I know that can be difficult. Um, but it's important that we grab this in Scripture, that the Father in heaven, his heart for us, is so overwhelmingly delighted in us that it should just break your heart and make you cry. It really should. And I think until we grab that, it's very difficult to <coughs> rejoice in the Lord always in the way that that verse commands us to. And until we realize his overwhelming love for us, it will be very difficult to praise him exuberantly in the way that he deserves and in the way he would want us to and in the way that um, is right and in the way that scripture commands us to. There are some other verses that say something similar. Um, Isaiah 62.4 says, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. Uh, that might be in Isaiah 60, uh, 65, 19. The Lord will again rejoice over you for good. That's the Lord's heart. He's not... I think people get this impression of Christianity in Britain, don't they? It's boring, it's dull. God wears a frown. He's unhappy with you. He's the, he's the disciplinarian. He always wants you to be in line. And actually, God's heart for us is overwhelmed. It's overflowing. He rejoices in us. Um, yeah, that's what I want to share. Got there in the end. <laughs>